I'm in a series called Living Forward, and really the question is, how do you move forward, and how do you live forward after a difficult season in your life, or after a situation like we've had concerning the, the, the year previous? I think there's some things that I want to share with you, and just take the time to look at these scriptures. And first of all, in Psalm 23, this is the, a very familiar psalm, but I want to show something to you in Psalm 23 that I think is interesting here that talks about something that's really strong on my heart right now. Psalm 23, notice what it says here. And uh, the Passion Translation is, of course, a beautiful translation where it starts out talking about the Lord is our shepherd and Jesus is our best friend, or the Lord is our best friend. But that's not what I was, even though that is good, I want to bring to your attention something here in Psalm 23. Let me get to it real quick, and uh, we will get started here. Psalm 23, notice what it says here. Psalm 23, beginning in verse number 1. It says this, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Everybody say, He restores my soul. He restores our soul. Let's say it again. He restores our souls. Notice what that means, our mind, our will, and our emotions. He said He leads us in paths of righteousness in, for His name's sake, or I like to say it like this, in the name of Jesus. And then he says in verse number four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I love that phrase right there. Isn't it encouraging to you? It says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. How about that? God is with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. I'm so thankful for that. He says, your word and your staff, or it says your rod and your staff comfort me, but it says your word and your spirit, they comfort me. And notice verse 5, ladies and gentlemen. Notice what it says. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I want to ask a question to you. What enemy are you facing? And notice this phrase right here. It says this. He says, he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I've got another question for you. Is there any enemies of yours going to be in heaven? No. So what's this talking about? This is talking about your enemies right now. You know, a lot of people think this is maybe a heavenly feast. No, no, no. It says he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. There's no enemies of yours in heaven. I've got good news today. There is no sin, there is no, no sickness, and there's nothing satanic in heaven. Isn't that great? Everybody else say amen about that. <laughs> and so there's no hospitals, funeral homes, and uh, no pharmacies in heaven. And so notice what it says. He says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints or empowers my head with oil. Or he's talking about the Holy Spirit that is in us. And the Spirit of God is in us when we are born again. And it says that goodness and mercy follows us all the days of our lives. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I just want to leave you with those six verses specifically. Specifically with verse 5, it says, He prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. So, again, I can't answer for you. I can only answer for me. But are the enemies, what enemies are you facing? What are those enemies? Think about those. Are we to, are we to cower down to those? Are we to run towards them? And, well, of course, this is written by David. And what did David do either before or after this psalm? I'm not quite sure the timing. This was when he was a young man. But as a young man, what did he do? He, in the Old Testament, he faced the giant of his life. He faced the giant of Israel. Let me ask you a question. Did he run from that giant? No. He faced that giant. 
And uh, he was a smaller man than that giant. And you know what? Your enemy may seem like it's big. It may seem like it's overwhelming. It seems like it's absolutely going to control your life. I'm telling you what. Notice what God promises here. I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I just think that's something I want to leave with you right now because I believe it's strong in my heart. Hey, what about how to live forward in 2021? I want to share with you something about Dr. Jerry, that from Dr. Jerry Savell. He's the man who mentored me. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, Dr. Savell is the one who ordained me in the ministry, uh, married me, and uh, actually has been a, an integral part of my life, him and Pastor Harold Nichols. Well, he said he had a prophecy for 2021, a prophetic word, and I just want to read this to you real quick and let it encourage you. He says this, he says, a new era has begun, more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they will experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. They will see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth, and they will prosper and flourish like never before. This is Notice these two words. He says, abundance and overflow is what they will see. I'll bring it to, I'll bring it to pass because their love and obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand, for my spirit is moving, and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many try Triumphant victories will mark this new era. It is what I plan, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree, receive it, and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what is said in the news. With me on your side, you can never lose. So stay to my word, stay faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass. Great things I will do. How about that for 2021? Isn't that encouraging? And again, you can get that at jerrysavellministries.com. Again, I trust Dr. Savell and his uh, hearing from the Lord. He's been so accurate all my life and all my ministry. And of course, he's a great blessing to me personally and individually. But I know that the things that are in this phraseology that he's talking about right here, I know that these are things that are not only going to come to pass, but they are coming to pass. But what about what about our own church situation, Pastor Brian? What do you think? And I just want to take you to Philippians chapter number three. Philippians chapter three. There's two sections of scripture I want to bring to your attention here concerning the things I prayed about. Philippians chapter 3. Notice what it says in verse number 12. Philippians 3, 12. This is a scripture I would like to bring to your attention concerning 2021. And I think this is important. There's a lot of things to this verse of scripture. Notice what it says here. It says, this is the apostle Paul talking. He says, not that I've already obtained or am I've already perfected, but I press on. Everybody say press on. Press on that I may lay hold. Notice this in verse 12. That I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ has laid hold for me. So what's he talking about? He's saying that in past tense here in verse 12, Jesus has done something for you and I. He's done it in the past. It's sort of like with the message of healing. So many times people are believing for God to heal them and they're wanting to receive healing right now, which is actually, you know, scripturally correct. However, we have to settle in the fact that Jesus has already paid the price for our healing. It's a matter of receiving what's already been done, just like salvation. And the Apostle Paul clearly says this in verse 12, that I may lay hold of that which Jesus Christ has already laid hold for me, or he's already done for me. Notice verse number 13. I do not count myself to have apprehended or arrived, but this one thing, everybody say one thing. One thing. Let's say it. One thing. Notice this. This is very important now. He didn't say many things. He said, this one thing I do, and this is really important, forgetting those things were what, which were behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. So notice some phrases there. Number one, he says, this one thing I do, forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. 
forgetting those things which are behind and what reaching. And I like to say it like this. You can't drive through life looking through the rearview mirror, okay? You have to reach forward. And so whatever happened last year, whatever happened last night, you've got to reach forward. And you have to have this same attitude continually. Because Satan is not going to lay down and quit. He's going to keep his agenda of killing, stealing, and destroying 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. But guess who's still on their throne? God's still on his throne. God is still in control as far as us yielding to him. And even though there is battles, we know that the victory in the war has already been won. The thing is, notice what he says right here. He says in verse number 14, he says, I press toward. Notice this. He said, I press toward the goal. Everybody say the goal. The goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. So there are three things there I want to bring to your attention. Number one, you've got to forget. You've got to be forgetting and you've got to be pressing. I mean, well, forgetting and reaching and you've got to be pressing. Because most people, they they don't forget. They continue to rehearse things. They continue to roll things over and over and over and talk about the past. Listen, I understand that. I mean, I want to reflect from the past. I'm a person of the past as far as history. But I don't let that dictate my future. Yes, it happened then, but what can I do about it other than give it to the Lord? If there's something I need to make right, I reconcile the past. Yes, I do. But yet it says right here, what do you do? You forget it. It didn't say continue rehearsing it. It says forget what happened and press towards, reach forward. And, you know, I think that's so many times we wallow in the past. We wallow in self-pity. We wallow in, well, I wish I was like this, especially as you get older. You know, a lot of people say, well, I wish I was 30 again. I don't wish I was 30 again. I like being 57 years old. I did not have what I had now when I was 30. I like growing older because the older I get, the better I get. The way I look at it, you know, I'm not looking to fall down. I'm looking to fall forward and be the best person that God's called me to be. And uh, again, it, to me, it's reaching forward, not saying, oh, I wish I was, somebody the other day said, well, I wish I was 25 again. I don't wish I was 25 again, okay? <laughs> I just don't want that. I mean, thank God for your 20s, thank God for your 30s, but thank God for your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s. There was a man telling me yesterday that it was a man came into his business, and he could have swore that that man was not, not not much older than, older than 60 years old. The man was 93 years old. And he said, you could never tell it. Never tell it. He didn't walk like he was all like this and talk like that. I mean, he had a stamina. He had a, a swagger about him. And he, I mean, it just fooled everybody. He said, until I saw the man's driver's license, because he was, this was a self-transaction, until I saw his driver's license, I couldn't believe it. I think that's good news. I mean, Mr. James Oates' mother lived to nearly 105. You know, I think that's pretty awesome. I think it's the funniest thing about her. He's in the auditorium today. She said that <laughs> she said that she got tired of living down there with all those old people. <laughs> that's the way I like it. I think she was the oldest one down there. <laughs> that's that's awesome, is it not? I mean, I mean, again, you know, listen, I understand. I understand that sometimes we go through things and they're unpleasant. And, you know, you want to look back and you say, well, there was a better time then or a better time this. No, no, no. This is the best time. Thank God for the good times. I've had some great times in my life. I've had some bad times. But you know what? I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm going to press towards that goal. There's a prize. Notice what it says, ladies and gentlemen. It says the prize of the upward call of God. And that's not just heaven, that's life right now. 
And you know, yes, last year was a terrible year. But you know what? I've got good news. I really believe if you turn over to uh, 3 John 2, and as a matter of fact, we're going to read out the Passion Translation. 3 John 2, this is a verse of scripture that I am strong about concerning this next year. And actually, I'm going to commit to pray this and believe this over us as a church family. 3 John 2, I'm reading out the New King James, and then we'll put up the uh, Passion Translation. Listen to this, 3 John 2, this is, this is where I'm seeing you, where I'm seeing us. It says, Beloved, and it's talking about the family of God, I pray that you would prosper in all things. That's what I want for your life. Not just financial prosperity, but prosperity in every area. That's emotionally. That's mentally. That's in er things that you desire and want to have in your life. Goals. Things that you may want to obtain to. To prosper. Notice what it says. I pray that you would prosper in these things and be in health. Notice that. Be in health. I want that. Not just get at your healing, but to live in health. And to practice health. You know, health doesn't just come automatically. you got to work at it. Amy and I were talking about the other day. She said, uh, she, I was making all these steps. We were over at, for a family dinner, and I was still making my steps because I had to finish up so many steps a day. I'm committed to at least 10,000 to 12,000 steps a day. And uh, it's just I'm, I'm into walking every single day. I have, an, I have a, um, a family member that I'm going to see this next week, and she's 84, and she looks like she's... 54, and uh, she walks so many miles a day, and one of the great attributes of her health is her walking. I mean, it doesn't matter. She, she's, the, uh, she's, a, she's a part of a university. She teaches at a university, and uh, she's a, an assistant athletic director of a, of a university there in Alabama, and uh, anyway, she's a, a senior member of that team, and she goes to that gym every single night and walks this indoor track. I mean, sometimes I call her at night between 7 and 8 or 6 and 7. I know exactly where she is walking that indoor track. I'm telling you what, it just, again, I love the attitude, but you know, health and wanting to have health, there's a price to it. And sitting on your you-know-what and watching TV, you're not going to get healthy all the time. Nothing wrong with TV, but I'm telling you what, if you want to be in health, you've got to work to be in health, right? Amen, Pastor Brian. <laughs> and I'm serious. I want to pray for your healing, and God wants you to be healed, and Jesus wants you to be healed too. But you have a part and a responsibility of this. You say, Pastor Brian, I can't walk you know, 12,000 steps a day. You can walk 2,000. You can walk 3,000. You can start where you are. And begin this journey. And, uh, and you say, well, I don't have a private, you know, university to go to. Well, you can walk in your house. I mean, there's, you just got to start where you are. If you never start, you'll never get there. Boy, that's good preaching. That's what it says. That you would prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. And soul prosperity is important. Prospering of your mind, your will, your emotions. How do you do that? <clears throat> well, I think one of the things is you have to commit, and we're going to continue to push here at Metroplex Family Church for you to have a daily Bible reading. If you're not reading the Bible each and every day, listen, please commit to that. If you don't have a daily read reading plan, we have several. There are many options. And by the way, I understand some people say, I can't go through the Old Testament. Well, listen, I understand that. Go through the New Testament first. Then go to Psalms, Proverbs, and maybe the book of Genesis. Find you a way. I realize some things in the Old Testament are like, whoa, 
<laughs> and saying the book of Revelation could be, wow. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that the New Testament, especially Psalms and Proverbs and different versions like the Passion Translation and others are not applicable for your situation. Find where you are and do the thing that I believe is the most powerful thing. Read that chapter out loud. Read these scriptures out loud. Let the Word of God be supernaturally coming out of your mouth. Because if you let it supernaturally come out of your mouth, your soul will start prospering. And if your soul starts prospering, then the rest of your life will prosper. You'll have the initiative to want to live in health. You'll have the initiative to prosper in things that you do. And when there's the fight on, then you know if God is for you, who can be against you? Why are your souls prospering in that? And when the attack comes, how are you fighting your battles? If you're trying to fight it in the physical, yeah, that's not going to work. But if you're fighting it with the Word of God coming out of your mouth and saying, Hey, Lord, I thank you that this is who I am in you. I can do all things through you who give me the strength. Then you go to Psalm 23. That was Philippians 4.13. Then you go to Psalm 23 and start reciting the fact the Lord is your shepherd, your best friend. Hey, let's go to 3 John 2 in the uh, Passion Translation, if y'all don't mind. Notice what it says here. It says, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health as your soul is prospering. I like that. Is that not good? By the way, the Passion Translation is excellent. I would encourage you in that. Hey, three things I want to share with you. We're not going to go long here. Just a couple more minutes. Uh, Three things, uh, and again, I hate to sound like this is negative, but these are things that I believe we should be stopping. Everybody say stopping. And so the first one is stop small thinking in your life. I want you as you enter into this new year to think bigger than you've ever thought before. To dream bigger than you ever been before. This is not a motivational speech. This is scriptural. As a matter of fact, turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Notice what it says in verse 10. And to see yourself as God sees you. And if you don't know how you are looking in God's eyes, then Ephesians is the best book. As a matter of fact, this is the book to understand your identity. All of them are, especially the, uh, the, Pauline, uh, the Pauline epistles. They are absolutely filled with identity. Ephesians chapter 2, notice what it says in verse 10 of who we are in Jesus Christ. It says this, and again, this is for the sake of... As, as a matter of fact, if y'all don't mind in the back, could y'all try to get Ephesians 2.10 in the Passion Translation, if you don't mind? They do such a good job in helping me out. But I'm reading it for the New King James first. It says this. It says, we are His workmanship. Everybody say workmanship. We are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Notice what it says, that we are created by God for good works and good purposes, that before time God created you and I to have a destiny. So many people say, well, what about this person who just died this last week that was a young person? What about they're not fulfilling their destiny? God still prepared a destiny for them, and the enemy's out there trying to pull them away from that destiny. Listen, here's the Lord trying to get something to you, and here's Satan trying. I mean, in the earth, there's a warring going on. But if you got the passion, notice what it says here. We have become his poetry. I like that. We are recreated people that will, notice what it says, fulfill the destiny he's given each one of us. You have a divine destiny. You have a divine reason for being here. It's not that you just here by accident. You are here, and it says this. He's given, us, he's given this destiny to each one of us. Notice that phrase. Everybody say each one of us. One more time, each one of us, because that means individually we have a divine reason for being here, that we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one, even before we were born. Isn't that awesome? 
Now, I tell you, so many people are not like Ms. Oates or Mr. James's mother that live a full life. It's unfortunate, is it not? Precious friends of mine, even family members of mine, over the years have passed away at extremely young ages. And, and you know, it's not God's plan. But you know what? It doesn't change God's plan as far as His Word and what He's ordained. He's ordained a full life for you. He's ordained a complete life for you. But you've got to press towards it. And you've got to start with this small thinking mentality. You've got to see yourself as God sees you. Quit limiting yourself. Quit saying, well, I just can't do this. I can't do that. Over this last year... I, I, there were some things I wanted to do musically as far as drumming. And, man, it, it just like, wow, I don't know if I'll ever be able to play those kind of drum patterns. And uh, I just finally said, you know what, I am going to play those patterns. So I got me a teacher, and then I used, of course, the resources, the Internet, and then the other thing called work. <laughs> Everybody say work. And diligence and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and prayer and prayer. And uh, I'm thinking, man, I am never going to get these patterns down. But I kept pressing towards it. And, um, and, and when I met with my drum teacher, I'm thinking, man, he's playing it. I don't think I can get even close. Well, over the last week, as I entered into this new year, I'm telling you what, it started flowing in my hands and I could play these patterns. And I'm t- it just blessed me in the fact that, you know what, even though I had to work at it, even though I had to diligently commit to it, I knew that I could do it. And I knew that it was God's will that if that man could play it and he doesn't know the Lord, I can play it who knows the Lord. Does that make sense? I'm not going to let a man of the world who I respect as far as a musician but doesn't know Jesus Christ outdo me or outdo God. And so, hallelujah, I got it done. <laughs> I, not, no, not play it to the perfection. And remember this, in the world of music or anything else, it's slow to fast, is it not? And so I can play it slow and I'm getting faster, all right? So, I mean, everything has to start. But most people and most Christians just quit. You know, it, it, just, it just amazes me how Christians come up to me and say all the time, especially people come to me and tell me this, I can't play a musical instrument. Yes, you can. I can't sing. Yes, you can sing. If, you, if I can get you to a keyboard, I can take you from C to C and help you learn how to play each note and sing to that note. And yes, you can sing. You can do it. Now, you may not be able to go out on the road and beat Bon Jovi next year, but I mean, we don't need you to do that necessarily. You, but you could be, you know, who you are, you know. Elvis was a great gifted man. But let's remember, Elvis worked as you-know-what-off, okay? And uh, he did it. He, and yes, he had a praying mama, and he had all these things going for him. But the same the point I'm trying to make is quit limiting yourself. If you feel like you want to get a college education and you never fulfilled that, go after it in Jesus' name. Amen? If you want to work a job that you feel like you could qualified for, don't give up. Go after it. Okay, but don't quit your job. It's always good to stay where you are while you have a job. Don't come to me and say, oh, Pastor Brian, I quit my job. I'm going out there and get me this job. Hey, we need to feed the family right now, okay? Good preaching there, Pastor Brian. I want you to think big. I want you to go for it. I remember Precious Amy. She, she's a sweet woman. She, she was in this very, not this building, but the last one. She, just come, she was in the foyer one time. She says, I love teaching, and those kids are precious, but I've had enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> Those little heathens from hell, I'm done with it. <laughs> 
And you know what? She, not long after that, she took her accounting degree and she found the place. And you know what? Even though she's working hard now, but she enjoys what she does. And what is it Walt Rogers said? You find what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And you've got to find that. Now, what about Amy? What if we'd all talked to her and said, oh, Amy, you just need to keep teaching. You just keep teaching. Just stay where you are. I mean, she would be more miserable. And then, then Robert would be miserable. And then Lucy, the dog, would be miserable. And I could go down the chain. It would be miserable. But when you find your place and you go after it and don't let the limitedness of this world that says you can't, when God says you can then you need to do that. Hey, the next one is Ephesians chapter 4, just a page over, verse 29. Stop the negative talking. Stop talking negative about yourself. Boy, that's good preaching there. <laughs> that's what it says. It says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. What are those corrupt words? I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I won't. This won't happen. I'll never do this. If I'd have said that, I'm telling you what, when, I, when my drum teacher was standing right there, he said, man, he said, you're going to get this. I said, I know I'm going to get this. I know I'm going to get this. It may look impossible. And i tell you what, the day that it really clicked in, I'm thinking, man, with God, I could do this. And you say, that's just a musical instrument. Let me tell you something. Whatever is in your life, whether it's that or whatever, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up. And don't ever limit it and use your mouth as a weapon against your own calling and divine destiny by corrupt words. That's what it says. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good for necessary edification. Watch this, that it may impart grace to the hearers. This is interesting. Because if you keep telling everybody how bad it is and how it won't work, what are you imparting there? You're imparting negativity. You're imparting fear. You're saying an I can't attitude. I can't. You're portraying I can't, I won't. That's one thing I loved about my grandmother. Man, she lived in 95, and she lived with activity personified. She grew an entire uh, farm that we had there, had 19 greenhouses, had 60-plus cattle when she went on to be to heaven. And she ran a full business by herself. And she did the flowers for not one church, not two churches, but three churches. Woman was amazing. And her last words were made when she was in the hospital getting checked out before she left this earth. I want to get back to the farm because there's things. And she listed all the things she wanted to do. And she never, ever out of her mouth did two things before me. She never screamed at me. And she never, 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 ever told me the words I can't do this this is what she'd say it was it's just embedded in my mind she said you know what I, she said right now how, how do I say this like she would say it she said I may fall uh, but I'm going to get back up I am not going to quit and I tell you what the, the, the rocky personification was found in that woman and she is still an inspiration to me. All because she said these words right here in Ephesians 4.29. That's what it says here in verse number 30. And do not grieve the Spirit of God by whom you are sealed. You grieve the Spirit of God when you keep rehearsing how negative your life is. If there's nothing good to say about your life, don't say anything at all. Just keep your mouth shut. Listen, I go through problems. People ask me how I'm doing. I may not feel whatever. I may not feel sparky rocky, but yet at the same time, you know, I feel okay, okay? 
I mean, you know, I mean, really, you, it's, it's all in how you respond and react. But I, 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 real feel, I really feel strong about stop the negative, stop the small thinking, and stop the negative talking. I, the other day amazed me. A dear believer kept telling me over and over and over, I'm just I'm scared of that coronavirus. I'm just scared I'm going to get it one day. It's just going to come knocking on my door. And they said that every single time I talked to them. And guess what happened? On the last day of the last month of 2020, guess who got tested positive? Miss Negative Mouth. And I'm not talking, she, she may be watching now. She's not the one. She, that's not you. <laughs> it's somebody else. She's thinking right now, I'm going to get a text here. You're talking about me in the service. No, it's not you. Somebody, they don't even go to this church, okay? So let, let me make you feel that. Why? They, 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 they went all year long. They went all year long, and on the last day, at the last evening, on the 31st, their New Year's Eve proclamation was, I tested positive. I'm thinking, well, man, I think you were believing for it the whole time. My Lord. Anyway, and they wore more gloves and masks and had sanitizer on them. They had a spacesuit from NASA, you know, that they literally lived in. But you know what? If you keep saying that and grieving the Spirit of God, guess what's going to happen? Thank God this person doesn't have... Uh, you know, life-threatening symptoms, okay? And I'm not belittling that virus at all. But I'm saying words have a powerful thing. Stop the negative thing. Hey, the last thing is, this is the most important thing. Stop forgetting what God has done. Well, that's good preaching. Stop forgetting what God has done. If God has brought you out of a situation, can He not do that again? If He's been faithful before, is He not going to be faithful again? I'm telling you what, we've got to realize and remember sometimes and look back at the grace of God, the power of God, the, the things that brought us through when God was on time, when He did bring us through that situation. And don't ever forget that. Don't ever limit Him. Listen, look at what it says in Ephesians 3.20. I'm going to wrap it up with this. Ephesians 3.20. It says this, Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. To him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ. Notice what it says. It says to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, what God has done in my life in the past, it, in, the, in the things that he has brought me to and brought me through, oh, I'm so thankful and I'm so grateful. And to know that going forward, if that happened then, it's going to happen now. He's always been worthy to be trusted. And so whatever you're going through, and whatever Satan's knocking on your door and telling you you can't, I'm telling you these three things that are strong in my heart. You have got to think bigger than you are. You've got to think God-type thinking. You've got to quit the words. I, listen, I, I'm not talking about joking and just saying words and, and just and being in bondage to your words. I'm talking about words that you keep rehearsing over and over and over, especially when you're by yourself. And you keep just talking to yourself and talking yourself down. Quit doing that. Stop doing that. If you want to live forward, you've got to speak forward. And then finally, remember how faithful God is. He's so worthy to be trusted because he's not only done it for others, but he has done it in your life. And you, when you remember that, and when you rehearse that victory, and know that how great he is, and that nothing's impossible to him. I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm not going to limit God anymore when it comes to impossibilities as far as my life. He did something in the last couple of days, the most amazing thing. 
as far as drumming, and I, I know this is, you think this is just, you know, insignificant. Anyway, I, um, I had a great mentor uh, that I respected in the rock music industry and a very, very famous drummer. I'm talking about very famous. And um, I, um, I, I, I sent him a note because I really appreciated something he had done for me. And I just wanted, I actually, I sent him a note on his birthday. It was his 75th birthday, and uh, I, I, I told him about how me and Allison and Benjamin and Samuel, especially me and Ben and Samuel, were playing the drums, and Allison was playing the keyboards, and it was because of him. I saw him on a video in 1976 when I was 13 years old, him and his, this famous band, and um, uh, that's where I began wanting to play the drums. Now, I wasn't a Christian. I had become a Christian until five years later, but, uh, or six years later. But my point with all that is it began because of that video. As a matter of fact, I found that very video on YouTube yesterday, and I watched, and I was like, wow, everything in my life started there, this journey. Well, I sent him a note about a week ago. I think, well, I'm just sending this note. It's just an email. I won't really get a response. I wasn't really expecting it because you know how that is. I understand that. You know, it's just a sight. But anyway, I got a note back from him. And a really, really, really nice note. It was a full-length email and uh, complimenting me on, on my relationship with the Lord, being a pastor, my children. <laughs> it was like, wow, then <laughs> this is the, the, you know, again, I'm telling you how it blessed me, how God, and as a matter of fact, I'm redoing my book to put this whole section in there with this correspondence from him in there. And it's the most amazing thing that never limit God because God can bring things into your life that you would deem impossible. And I just shared my heart with this man and thanked him. Didn't say anything weird. I just thanked him with sincerity. And he responds back. And I just want you to know how blessed I was in the fact it's almost like a closed door to an entire section of my life has been now come full circle. And uh, you say, well, what's that got to do with me, Pastor Brian? It has everything to do with you because you know what? God can do great things in your life if you will not put the limits on him. Even a little thing like that. I mean, that just so blessed me that he would do that and respond like that. And so I'm just saying this. I don't know what you're going through, but God knows what you're going through. And if you won't limit him and take the unlimit off of him, there are great things he wants to do. But you've got to be committed to him and let him be everything you need to be. You also need to be a person that is just absolutely focused on endeavoring to help others grow in the Lord. Listen, we can be ministers, and we're going to talk about that in 2021, how to minister to others. It just, it really bothers me how self-focused people have been, where it's all about therefore no more. The greatest joy in my life is not just pastoring in the fact that I'm called to do it, but I like helping people because I enjoy seeing people succeed because that's God's plan and God's will. I love giving. I'm addicted to giving. I'm addicted to this church giving and supporting people. You know why? Because that's God's heart. That's John 3, 16. As a matter of fact, I was getting breakfast early this morning, and this man paid for my breakfast before, and I paid for the person after, and we had this chain reaction. We was messing this place up. It was so awesome. I didn't know we'd do all this money. And uh, I just love that. That just is a thrill of giving. Now, again, I know the guys that stand on the corner and you hold the signs up. You know, I, I've seen some of those guys that say, you know, homeless vet. And I watched one one time. He went to a house down the street that was bigger than mine. <laughs> and I have a guy that lives in our neighborhood that goes, stands on the corner and asks for money. and says he's homeless and he's our next door neighbor. 
go figure that. I ain't giving you a dollar. As a matter of fact, I said, I, I rolled down the window. I said, good to see you, neighbor. And he looked at me like, oh, my gosh, that's that guy's car. I want to say, what are you doing? Don't you see the notice over there? The city says, don't do that. Anyway, he said, Pastor Brian, that's not a giving, loving attitude. Yes, it is. Because, you know, he's not truly homeless. He's lying. And that's not right. And I want to stand up and park the car in the middle of the whole street and say, this guy has a house next to mine. Don't give him a penny. You say, Pastor Brian, that will get you in trouble as a pastor. No, somebody's got to stand up for the truth. And call it as it is. I will help anybody, but nobody's going to take anything from me or this church. We get all kinds of solicitations. Please help us with our power bill. Please help us with our mortgage. Please help. No, I'm not going to do that. If I don't know you and you're not coming here, we're not going to talk about it, okay? Now, you can go to the Harvest House. You can go to other places, the Salvation Army. They'll be glad to help you. But right here, I am trying and endeavoring to help the people that are in this room and in this community as far as this church family because I believe that's my priority and my assignment. Plus, I want to be a good steward of what God has given me. Yes, there are millions of needs out there, but the needs of this church family, they're priority one to me. If somebody's not with, hey, listen, you know me, if you don't have a car, we're going to Toyota. I'll get you a car, okay? Everybody makes fun of me about my Toyota. But you know what? You can't go to work if you don't have a car, right? That's the way I look at it. And if you need a job, well, Pastor Brian, i got to make so much a year. Listen, honey, start where you are, okay? You may not like working where I'm recommending, but at least it's a job to get you started, Okay? And then finally, if you will be addicted to giving, I promise you, I promise you God is faithful financially. Oh my gosh, he's so faithful. The people that text me and text Mr. Anderson and Richard with financial problems, nearly 100% of those people are not givers. This amazes me. And the one thing that God tells in his word as far as blessing in return is the one thing they don't do. But they are stubborn about not doing it. And they wonder why their finances are not blessed. But people who honor God, I, I tell you what, I'm looking in this whole room right now. Look at this man over here. He's building a brand new house in the middle of a COVID thing. Now, how do you do that? Josh back there lost his job. Or they made changes. Whatever you call it, Josh, I don't know. I mean, everybody made changes last year, but Josh didn't lose it. Josh is the most amazing man. He could lose a job in one minute and get another in five minutes. Isn't that amazing? He called me a pastor. I lost my job. And that 10 minutes, like, Pastor, I got another job with this guy. I was like, man, that's awesome. I barely got down the street. You got another job. You know why? You know why? Because several years ago, Josh, I went to Josh. I said, Josh, please, man, I love you and your family. But you have got to honor God financially. I said, Josh, if you will honor God, you will never, ever go a day where you're in lack. It may come down to the wire, but God will be faithful, Josh. And I tell you what, he's a testimony of it. And so are all of you. And so is Sheila and I. Because he can be trusted. And it's not about just giving money. Sometimes it's about giving time. It's about giving encouragement. Listen, Facebook is not about just you posting how, what you ate today and where you're going and how many donuts you had and what you got for Christmas. Sometimes it's a place. I'm preaching now, am I not? It's, sometimes it's a place for you to reach out to others and encourage people. I've sent more texts and more notes on Facebook and made more phone calls this past year than I have in the history of this church in 16 years. You know why? Because I purpose to stay connected with people and love them through. We have people right now that are driving trucks, that are traveling, that, are, that, we, that I determined to reach out to because they are making America great. You know why? Not because they're here today, but because they're out there doing their job. 
And, you know, Sunday's a work day for them, but I salute them, Josh Lehu. And if they're going to drive a truck and watch me, hey, don't, don't keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> you don't have to look at me. Just listen. But, you know, I am going to support those people because, you know why? That's what's making the body of Christ great. And I want to encourage you. It may not be, you know, the best year yet as far as, you know, you think, well, I want the whole COVID thing, everything to go away, everything to come back to normal. But listen, by faith, we're going to keep pressing through. Okay, our trust is not in who's at 1600 Pennsylvania, but who Avenue, but who's at the who's at the Lord of all. Okay, and I want you to know this unfailing book is not unlimited in what it can do for your life if you'll believe and receive it. Lord Jesus, we love you. We commit this year to you. We thank you. You've been faithful and true. We thank you that we can trust you as we go forth, and we thank you. Let's all say this together. Say in Jesus' name, I am going to start thinking big. Because I have a big God. I'm going to quit saying anything out of my mouth contrary to the Word of God. And finally, Lord, I thank you that you can do great things. You're a great God. Jesus is my Lord. And I trust Him through the Holy Spirit. And I commit myself to grow and be everything you've called me to be. In every area, in Jesus' name, amen. As we close this service out, I just want to pray over people's immune systems right now that are watching some people are dealing with some things. Uh, some people are also dealing with sinus things. Those are two things I have in my heart. So I know you're busy day, but you hold those two children. And let's all agree right now. Two things on my heart for immune systems and the people in the immune systems in this room and coming against sinuses, okay? Sinus affections, breathing, lung situations. Uh, yes, that could include COVID, but right now I'm praying for the strengthening of lungs. Lungs to function strong and healthy right now in Jesus' name. Right now, let the Spirit of God minister to you. Those watching right now, just pause with us. Right now, let your, let's, just let your immune system be built up stronger, a dose of the Spirit of God building your immune system from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Also, we're praying right now for people's lungs in the name of Jesus, for strong, healthy lungs, strong, healthy breathing, stronger breathing in Jesus' name. Right now, we just receive it, Lord. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I remind everybody watching on Galatians 3.13. It says we're redeemed from the curse. And so there's things out there as far as the curse of this world. Well, thank God we're redeemed from it by Jesus Christ. Thank you all so much for being here today. If we could be of any service to you, please contact us at MetroPlaceFamilyChurch.com. And, hey, thank you so much for the Christmas gifts, the Christmas cards, the Christmas notes. Y'all are a precious people to Sheila and I. We deeply appreciate all that y'all have done. And we're so thankful that together we're getting this done. And we're going to keep moving forward. I know that this year we saw some people pass that, you know, we regret. But nobody in our church passed away of COVID. But people passed away and went on to be to heaven. But at the same time, we're going to keep pressing forward. You know, heaven is an awesome place. And for all family and friends that we have that go there and have gone there, it's sad. But at the same time, it's not to be, you know, a place that we think, well, you know, they're just sort of there. No, it's a place that's alive. It's full of activity. It's full of life. And that life is ours one day. But we're going to live this life now. We're going to fight this good fight. And it says it's a good fight of faith not a good fight of worry or fear or anxiety. I know your problems are real, but I know your God's realer.
that's an Alabama phrase. <laughs> it's not correct English, Miss Bonnie, I know. I've graduated the University of Alabama with a degree in literature, so it's not right. I mean, you say realer. But at the same time, it's true. Your God is bigger, and He's more realer than anything you're facing. By the way, I can say that because we're in the national championship. <laughs> no, I was just kidding. I was just kidding. One thing I do like about the University of Alabama, one thing I do admire, I was there a month ago at the football facilities. They got one thing on their mind. That's developing champions. And you know what? I'm the same way as a pastor. I want you to be a champion of your life. Regardless of your age, regardless of your situation, I want you to be a winner. You know, football championships, whatever, they come and go. And rings like that, they come and go. But I'm telling you what, the ring of God, the victory of God, that's the greatest championship, is it not? My good friend Mike Singletary said, Pastor Brian, don't you ever forget this. I got these rings down here. I was talking to the phone. I got these rings. He's a Super Bowl champion. He had all his, if you've seen pictures of his office, he's got his stuff up there, his rings. He don't wear them. He's got them all in his office. And he said this to me. He said, you know what? This is for my grandkids and my grandchildren. I could care less about this stuff. And he got his Bible up. He said, I was on the phone with him on a Zoom call, and he was slapping his Bible. He said, you know what? The Word of God in Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That's what makes me a champion in life, not this win in a Super Bowl and not all these other accolades. And by the way, he's an accomplished athlete and accomplished coach. But I'm telling you what, I like his priority in life because that's the true winning, and that's the winner we want to be. 